today I'm going to be um, looking at, you know, what it means to imitate God. But before that, I just want to share a little bit about our trip to Australia and New Zealand, which was so cool. So because of COVID, we had to delay our, our planned trip for a long time. And finally, you know, we got to go and I was excited, except um, it was quite a long journey and 22 hours at a mask is not very fun. But um, we, were, we got over there and God surprised us with, with a lot of wonderful um, experiences that we had and just to see how God is working, you know, all over the world. And it's the same Holy Spirit, right? And doing um, things that, you know, that are, are just beautiful. And we got to take part in that. And um, there was a lot of people that had, you know, didn't have experience with how to pray for people. And so we, we got to, we had the privilege of being able to introduce people to how to pray for one another. Um, because, you know, we're all, as children of God, we're all empowered by the same Holy Spirit, right? There's no junior Holy Spirit. It's the same, you know, Holy Spirit is in all of us, but some of us don't know that. So um, we had some teaching times and we had we, um, prayed for some um, of the church um, leaders and stuff together and their teams. And then we decided to do something that we haven't done much, which is take a couple days of vacation on either side of our, so one, one extra day in Australia and one extra day in New Zealand. And it was really cool, literally cool, <laughs> because we were entering winter over there. So as we're, you know, at the end of spring over here, we're going back in time, literally 17 hours, but also back in, in a season. So it's like they're going into their winter. So even though, um, you know, it was cold and blustery. We thought, hey, we have got to see Australian forests and, you know, see natural beauty. Cause I mean, we're just basically in a city. We could have been anywhere. You know, we just went from our box, which was the hotel to another box, which was the church, you know, in a box, which is a car and from the box, which was the airplane, just box to box to box. It could have been anywhere really. When people think, oh, Bob and Grace here. Wow, they're over there. Really, it was just box and box and box. Um, but we did get out one day and uh, we were so excited. We were determined to see some kangaroos because we'd always wanted to see them. And uh, so our friend took us to these fields and he goes, well, there they are. And they were just hopping everywhere. I'm like, oh man, they're so cool, aren't they? They're so beautiful. And he goes, yeah, except they're destroying our country. Actually, they're, they're eating through, you know, the, far, the, the farmers' crops and they're just like devastating everything. I'm like, ooh, well, I guess they're cute, but you know, they are kind of like ro giant rodents that are also a menace. So that was kind of, that well, was kind of cool, but it was kind of disappointing a little bit. And then we went into like the deep forest and um, it was drizzling, but we're like, we're just going to do it anyway, because this is the only day we have. And um, on the way out, I spotted this big bird and I'm like, what is that? And our, our friend said, oh my gosh, that is a liar bird. Not as in liar, liar, pants on fire, not that one, but liar as in the, the yeah, instrument, like L-Y-R-E, that like the old old fashioned stringed instrument. And he says, it, it's amazing that you see this. He has not even, not even we Australians get to see a liar bird in the wild, it's so rare. And I was just observing it and I just thought, wow. And so um, then I found out like how amazing these birds are and, um, Lisa's going to show a little clip. So pay close attention because the guy who's going to talk 
he's speaking in a British accent. So he's basically just talking about all the, the bird, you know, the amazing things the bird can do, like um, imitate 20 other birds, plus make all these other sounds. So let's take, take a look. a space in the forest to serve as his concert platform. Trade females to come close and admire his plumes, he sings the most complex song he can manage, and he does that by copying the songs of all the other birds he hears around him, such as the kookaburra. It's a very convincing impersonation. Even the original is full. He can imitate the calls of at least 20 different species. He also, in his attempt to outsing his rivals, incorporates other sounds that he hears in the forest. That was a camera shutter. And again. And now a camera with a motor drive. And now the sounds of foresters and their chainsaws working nearby. So um, anyway, I was so amazed, you know, to find out this and like they make all these other noises like R2D2, like um, uh, those little toy uh, laser guns and just massive amount of sounds. And I'm like hammering, like hammering and you heard like regular saw and then power saws and power tools and drills. And I'm like, this is a bird brain. Have you heard that birds have like a bird brain and they're so stupid? Like what can birds do? But I was thinking by this time, 
what can I do compared to a bird like that? And they have a bird brain and I'm like, I'm like a human. And I'm thinking maybe we underestimate our potential, you know? On the other hand, so I kind of was feeling a little depressed, like, well, what have I done lately? And I was thinking on the way over here today, as I was watching this guy, he, uh, I was at a stoplight and he was coming the other way. And he, as he was stopped, he was like, his car was like on the two back wheels. And I thought, wait a second, is this like for real? And then he turns left and he goes on the two side wheels. And he's like balancing on two side wheels. And then he goes up and then, and I'm like, wait a second, is this like an accident or is this, I'm pretty sure it's a real thing, right? Raise your hand if you've ever seen that. So I guess I'm pretty stupid, but I, I realized, but the guy obviously wanted attention because I turned around to see if everything's okay. Cause he was like balancing on two side wheels and like almost falling over. I looked and he's like looking to make sure I look right. And I just thought that's pretty amazing. But one thing I have to say is, well, what's the point? I mean, it is cool, but like in with this bird, that's really cool. And it's beautiful for the birds, you know, show that God is, amazing and stuff like that. On the other hand, I think that uh, talent is overrated sometimes. Uh, let's take another look here. Same bird. Same bird. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, when I saw that, I thought, on the other hand, I mean, that this bird is cool, but on the other hand, like, sometimes talent can be a little bit overrated, you know? And when we compare ourselves to, like, YouTube stuff, like, people who are just amazingly gifted, you know, an instrument from, like, three years old, they're playing, you know, these amazing things, or they're able to sing like this or do these stunts. I just wonder, you know, okay, that's really cool, but as, as a child of God, what is it that's, that makes us of value, you know, because we're told that we're treasures in, you know, in these clay jars, so we know that we're a treasure to God. We also know that we're made in God's own image, so in Genesis, we're told that we're made in the very image of God, and that we're sons and daughters of God, and um, so, yeah, um, also in Ephesians, Paul tells us, be imitators of Christ as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us. So what does it mean to be an imitator of Christ? Uh, when you think about this lyre bird, it, it imitated like all the birds around it in the forest. And it also could imitate all the sounds around it. I, I don't think the bird thought, well, this is a really cool sound. I think it'll sound like a, a little toy laser gun or, a, or a, a, you know, a car alarm or a crying baby. I mean, those things, you know, they, they aren't necessarily always the most um, pleasant noises, like power tools and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's trying to attract a female. So the whole point was to imitate in order to get something for itself, bring glory to itself and look beautiful and to get uh, a female bird to, you know, have, have his babies and like all that stuff. So that's okay. But as a Christian, sometimes we can compare ourselves to other people. And I think people in general, how we become people is we imitate. We imitate language. You know, we talk like our parents. We talk like the people around us. We dress like 
the people around us or decided to dress exactly the opposite of our family and dress like the other people in that group. Basically, we imitate a lot. We imitate other people, other things. We imitate behaviors that aren't always, you know, the most life um, giving kind of behaviors, right? And when you think about it, what is it that we do that makes us, you know, sons and daughters of God, if that's what we are? Well, again, we are told to be imitators of Christ in Ephesians 5, 1 to 2, as beloved children, imitators of Christ as beloved children and walk in love because that's how Jesus walked. And um, so it says in John um, 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So what does it mean to walk in love and keep his commandments? Well, I think that we heard from this gentleman's testimony that, is it Roger? No, Roger Velasco, yeah, okay, got it. Um, that, that he was walking in love. He was imitating Jesus where he was. And that's beautiful. And that's what it means, I think, to walk how Jesus loved. What would he do? Jesus walked in a lot of rough places himself. And he was disrespected. He was not seen for who he really was, even though he was a son of God. Did you always feel like a son of God where you were? Uh, like, did people always treat you with respect and love every moment? Like I said, at the beginning of my sentence, they feared me. I, I looked at it as respect, but it wasn't. It wasn't respect. actual, was like, respect, like. They felt love so much, but as time went on, as yeah, as you became more of an imitator, not of that lifestyle and other people, you became an imitator of Jesus. Probably you saw the transformation where people felt the love, and it was different, right? Absolutely. So that's really beautiful. Um, so I would like to look at John fourteen, John fourteen, chapter fourteen. If you have a Bible. Gospel of John. I don't have the page number because I have a different Bible. Um, starting with verse 12. Truly, truly, this is Jesus saying this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these he will do or she. Who believes this, that we will actually do greater works? Does that mean we're greater than Jesus? No, we are not greater than Jesus. How is this possible? Jesus says, he, this is so true. He says, truly, truly, for sure, for sure. For people think, well, maybe on a good day, you're really you know, talented, like at least like this bird or something like that. No, truly, truly, completely true. Jesus says, I say to you, whoever, whoever believes in me, to believe in Jesus is to believe in everything that he said he was, son of God, savior, um, peace, prince of peace, all the titles of Jesus. Whoever believes this to be true will also do the works that I do. He doesn't say you will do the works that the world does. That's not what we're called to do is copy and imitate the world. Yes. All right. Yeah, just quick aside on that. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're going to teach one of us every work. No, it doesn't necessarily mean it's whatever whatever God empowers us to do. I mean, I suppose, I mean, you know, maybe if you don't live by water, 
or you may never have a chance to walk on water. Or maybe Jesus doesn't think you need to walk on water. Or maybe he doesn't think that there, it, it's whatever, whatever Jesus calls us to do is what the works that he calls us to do are the things that we do, right? It says, if you believe in me, you will also do the works that I do, that I do, that he's doing right now. I mean, Jesus is still doing works. He didn't just do works back then. He's still doing works. Well, how is he doing those works? Um, well, um, Jesus says he'll do greater things than, than Jesus does because Jesus said, I am going to the Father. So when Jesus went to the Father, that was a game changer for human beings because at, when Jesus walked on the earth, people could only be empowered really if he was you know, next to them, empowering them or however. But like, as we know, when he went off to heaven, they were all afraid and you know, and cowering, he said, actually, wait, wait in Jerusalem until I, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, because then you're going to be empowered. So I guess they kind of were, in a sense, a little bit disempowered when he left, because they, they needed, they were in that in-between stage of being empowered by Jesus while he was there, while his presence was there. But while they were waiting for the Holy Spirit, there's a bit of, I don't know, maybe I've got this wrong, but I had a sense that they didn't feel as empowered because they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to empower them. Um, so, but then when the Holy Spirit came to and, and breathed on them and, and, and commissioned them, um, G Jesus said that, that um, you know, then they were sent to do the works of, that Jesus does right now, the works that I do, he says. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So a lot of people have gotten tripped up thinking, well, I've asked stuff and God never did it. I asked for this. I asked for that. I asked God to do this. I asked God to do that. The problem here is that they forget. I forget sometimes. It's all about in my name. In my name is actually a place. It's a place of relationship, close relationship with Jesus. We are in Christ. We are in him, and he is in the Father. We are all together as one. You know, Jesus said, I am in the Father, and you are in me. So that means that we're in the Father. We're all one, and that's how it is to be in the name of Jesus. When we're in that place, whatever we ask in the name of Jesus, then then. Jesus will do through the Holy Spirit. He says that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So if I'm asking to be able to do that same stunt that that guy did, you know, in his, in his car, so that people can see me and think, oh, who did that? And I can say, oh, I'm a Christian. That's why I just want to draw to, you know, say that I know Jesus and I can do this. Look at me. I don't know. I mean, maybe sometime, who knows? God works in strange ways. But if it's not if it's not glorifying God through the Son, then I can do pretty cool things and amazing things that can wow the world. But if it's not glorifying God, I don't think that those are the things that we're we're, we're talking about here. But if it's if it glorifies God, in other words, if it makes God's name bigger instead of my name, if it makes God visible to people so that they can know his love then that's what we can do isn't that amazing like we can do way more amazing things than that liar bird we can do way more amazing things because we're doing them in love we're doing them in the power of love 
again, Jesus says, be imitators, or Paul says, be imitators of Christ as beloved children. This is a thing that we do as children of God, as sons and daughters. Do we feel and do we live like sons and daughters? Because if we do, if we really believe in Jesus and all that he does and all that he is as God walking uh, along, and we walk in love, that means like we live our lives, we're actually walking in the love of God. Then it says, as, as Christ did and gave himself up for us, if we're walking in that way, that's the only way that we can actually be imitators of God. And I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I just think, you know, here I am well into my midlife age. And I think, what amazing things have I done? And I think that it can be something that all, especially kids these days are always seeking to be differentiated, different, to be amazing, to do something unique. But really, as we read in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. We can do pretty much everything that's been done will be done. There's a lot of weird stuff that we could do. And that's like what people are just getting weird and weirder. And like a lot of weird stuff is happening. But what, what makes a difference in the world is when we're imitators of God. And if we are imitators of, of Jesus, then we will, th those are the kind of things that are unique. You know, th that's, how, that's how we have our identity. And I think this quest to be, to find who we are and to make, a, you know, make a name for ourselves and change the world is so much, it's such a big pressure for people. And we can feel like if we didn't start early enough in life with, you know, whatever kind of lessons or whatever kind of training, it's too late. But no, it's not. It is not too late. The, the, the main thing that I think we are called to do is to be imitators of Jesus Christ, imitators of him. And if that's all we do in our life, that is amazing. Because if we're doing that, that's how the world will change. That's how global warming will change. I mean, um, Lucy, the fact that you're working with orcas, I think shows the love of God. You can do it anywhere. And if that, that's, Lucy has had this burning on her heart, you know, to be able to save marine life. Thank God. Because, you know, not a lot of people are caring about the earth anymore and caring about God's creatures that were made for, the, for God's purpose. And to walk in love for you, I'm sure has a lot to do with, you know, caring about that because, if we're caring about this piece of the earth and all the people that are involved in it too, then we're going to have, we're going to see, we're going to see uh, miracles when it comes to big world problems like world hunger, uh, global warming, war. You know, if everybody just thinks um, or asks God, how can I, how can I imitate you in love through my relationship with you as a, as a child of God? That's all we're asked to do in our life, in our just little corner, whatever God's called us to. And you can be in a prison. You can be, you know, a teacher. You can be a mom at home or a dad at home. You can be doing anything that God calls you to and still 100% be that. And that's all we're called to do, I believe, is just be imitators um, and not copycats. It's not that. It's not like I'm copying. Let's say, okay, and I'm going to copy, how did Jesus, you know, I'm going to get some mud and do that. That's not what it's about. It's not just copying. It won't work. We have to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the love of the Father. And 
you know, in the fellowship of Jesus according to the scriptures. So let's um, let's take that as an inspiration, you know, to to realize that we we can we can be amazing. We can be better than some of these imitators out there. We can be beautiful sons and daughters and change our world. We can be global changers. So let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you that you gave these specific um, instructions in love to us as we walk in relationship with you. And I just ask that you would help each person here to see how easy that is. Of course, we know that suffering can come with that, but in terms of just understanding our calling, that it's not hard, that we, we can be um, sons and daughters who make a difference in our world and who could experience um, being unique people. And we don't have to copy other people or feel like we have to do something like other than whatever you've called us to do. And so I just pray that each person today would go away changed, realizing that all we have to do is uh, to seek you first and live as your son or your daughter. And I just pray this in Jesus, in your name. Amen.